0: It was it was around for sixty seven years and like massive, massively popular. You've never ever ever heard of. Never heard of it. Not not Alfred E. Newman doesn't ring any bells.
1: Newman from Seinfeld does. Alfred E. Newman no. doesn't. No, the no. kid
0: like the, the the he's missing a tooth at the front. He's no, it's got a familiar face, grin. but I, I
1: yeah yeah I didn't know what it was associated to. Is it a boy thing maybe?
0: Possibly. A man thing. Poss- it, it, very much so. I Maybe. I don't Did know. Did it
1: hide under the bed like other certain publications that boys. <sighs> <laughs> 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 I don't think it was that. No. no. Recording. Is,
0: <laughs> oh, Mercy's chatting on the Wheelhouse podcast. We're discussing Mad Magazine. We're going to get right into it this week because Kate's never heard of Mad Magazine. The reason I'm talking about it is because Alfred E. Newman looks nothing like Jonas Vingegaard, or maybe he does. Well, they've made him look like. Look yeah. like. Yes. The fella that you showed me. That's what it is. In real life, he looks nothing like him, but according to this weird bit of AI that's come out, we're going to talk about it later. It's all very, very strange. So much to talk about this week. Uh, Putting the drafting in a race sponsored by Draft Beer, I think is a very interesting topic to go through. Mm. Uh, We're going to go through all things flesh, (laughs) flesh, flesh as well. All things fleshy. All things fleshy will be discussed at length. We'll Uh, keep
1: that a tight conversation, hey? Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) we There's some interesting, uh, some exciting news around the Tour de France and the Tour de France fam as well. And why is Remco? Why is Remco gone dark? That's my question, and mm. we're going to address that very, very soon. My name's Joel Spreadborough. Catherine Bates is here in the flesh. It's not, a, it's not an AI version of you, is it? It is not. I am here. In All the right.
1: flesh. That's our, like our bingo word for this week. Flesh. 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 When you say it, you have to really hit the... <laughs> and then <flesh>. never again. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay,
0: yes. So, uh, once again, a little peek into our rundown. Um, mm. Oh, yes, I love this, this is little, fun. little thing. Mm. Your note, which I've, I absolutely loved this when I saw it, putting the car in Pogachar. Pogachar.
1: I know. Well, <laughs> the first time uh, that I tried to pronounce his name on television... I was not pleasing to the eardrums of Australians because I kept calling him um, Pogger Carr.
0: Oh, okay. So you got form here. And
1: so I got told repeatedly yeah. his name was not Pogger Carr, but after what's happened in Amstel Gold, I'm questioning that.
0: Amstel Gold. So what happened in, in, in Amstel Gold was he defied a flat tyre and absolutely bruised everyone else's egos, as he tends to do, uh, made some of the world's absolute best... Hilly riders look like fools, utter fools, yes. but a solo win by what 40 odd seconds didn't come without some draft, ma. <laughs> some draft. I, I do.
1: I, do. They, I mean it's not unusual that we're seeing cars or vehicles affect races in some regard. Like we've been talking about a lot in terms of motorbikes are too close whatever. Yeah. Um but there is a shot and it's not just a still shot from the broadcast but throughout the broadcast mm-hmm. in the last 10 kilometres, Pogacar is almost like riding the bumper bar and he tries not to. He tries to go to the side and get around, but these roads are fairly narrow at this point in the race. And there's a giant, and I'm conspiracy theory, duh, 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 yeah. a giant Amstel beer banner on the top of
0: oh no the car. Really? Now
1: I'm wondering whether they were just trying to get a, a little bit of uh, extra airtime.
0: There's so much to there's so much to unpack there. Because well,
1: it, it made everybody cranky, Pagatza included. He was like, "Take the car out of Pagatcha.
0: Yeah, but that that speaks to a conspiracy that, like, literally everyone's involved in. That speaks to a plot. Kate uh, okay. Bates. Okay.
1: Well, let let's unpack this a little. To start with,
0: yeah,
1: I think it's worth saying that I think the Podge was going to win anyway, right? But Ben Healy at this point from EF education first was closing down the gap. He dropped, like he brought 10 seconds back in the three kilometers before this. And all of a sudden this happens. So conspiracy theory one, they wanted Pogacar to win. So as the gap closed down, they thought they could affect the outcome of the race. Wow. I don't think that's it, but good one, right? Good conspiracy theory. There's someone with a um, tinfoil hat that is like, yes, right (laughs) now. Uh, and when they talked about it afterwards, Pagacha said, it's crap. Ben Healy said, ah, it's kind of crap. Like, not that he might not have beaten me anyway, but cars shouldn't determine the outcome of the race. No. But when they asked the race director, what do you think he said?
0: Angrily dismissed claims, I'm going to guess. Yes. Angrily. Well. Angrily.
1: But he went so far, which I it just blows my mind, right? He went so far, Joel, as to say that... It was just like a screenshot. Oh, yes, I've been asked about that. It was simply a moment in time. We have to go past them. Somebody takes a photo at that time, makes it look like something it's not. Yeah. Uh, I, had somebody explained to him the difference between a photograph and moving images? Yeah. Broadcast images?
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious about this because it's like the broad – it clearly shows that it's there for a very long time. How yeah. does it – how is it not – I know that the roads are narrow, whatever, but, like, there has to be a way to – to check this there has to be a way to be like oh hang on that's been happening for a while penalty it's like, so... how does that not happen I mean it's
1: really tough because you can't penalize Pegacha because he's not doing anything wrong like what's he meant to do sit up drop back and lose the rate like it it for him there's nothing that can be done I think okay. that the driver there should be a penalty whether it's not allowed to race otherwise
0: Mercy's bringing himself oh, ding dong. Pagacha didn't just ride past the car. Yeah, well that's what I, I think that too. Like looking at the photo here the road is quite quite narrow. Yes, mm. but he's he's <laughs> like, he, he Why is. didn't he just bunny hop over the car?
1: He's probably more powerful no, than No, but Le- the Leon BMW. Van
0: Vliet, that's the bloke, the race director who's who's mm. made, he's he's going said look there's no possible way this happened for more than a kilometer more than a kilometer Th- that's what he said but
1: a kilometer
0: yeah it's a, a long full time kilometer that's, a lo-
1: that's 10% of what was left in the race at yeah. that point that's massive
0: so he said it was it, there's there is no way it was any way as long as a kilometer it had no choice but to spend a brief period a brief a brief period of time in front of Pogacar for <laughs> Pogacar for safety reasons
1: oh i'm just not buying it so Therefore, my only theory can be it's something to do with Amstel beer. My only wow. theory is that they're like, oh, look, we might get wrapped over the knuckles, but oh, that is imagine s- the images. Oof.
0: That is a can of worm-infested beer. <laughs> that is, that is, is insane. That well, is actually, that could be something. Ooh.
1: Beer, beer, beer.
0: I, I understand <laughs> the need to get your sponsors <laughs> and get them out there, but no, don't impact the a result of a race. Mm. But that's, that's crazy oh, I think talk. It's,
1: I think it's terrible.
0: Okay, so and you're he,
1: the, everybody thinks it's terrible, but if the UCI don't do anything about it, yeah, well, then why wouldn't it continue to happen?
0: And, and my question is, how has the UCI not already got things in place around this? Because, oh,
1: look, they do on paper, but if they're not actually like it's not the right thing to have done, and it's you know, to, word, to use the word illegal, yeah, race wise. But if they don't dish out any penalties, then...
0: Of course you're going to do it. That's yeah. how it happens in every sport. You'll push as far as you are allowed exactly. to push. You will take full advantage yeah. of any loophole. Absolutely. Any legality well, that you can... Uh, and
1: th- my theory on the sponsor is because when we we're at the Olympics, you're not allowed to use your own sponsors, show them in any way. So mm. strict. Like, they'll cover up your bike, the name on your bike. Yeah. So you can only have one showing. And Ooh. Oakley wanted to get around it. So Oakley gave us... Um, like sweatbands for our fingers. Okay. (laughs) Right? So I rode the individual pursuit in Athens with a tiny little Oakley sweatband around my finger that completely missed all radars and all sponsorship radars. Wow. And covertly got the Oakley logo in every photo.
0: Very covert. So
1: they planned it like that they asked us all to do it we're just kind of okay yeah most of the oakley athletes did it yeah right so this is happening and it's not just about the athletes and whatever it's also about the sponsors and the commercial side that didn't affect the the
0: result did it no it didn't but
1: i guess the they're just thinking about getting the sponsor on the tv they don't actually yeah they're not putting it together.
0: I I just, I can picture the broadcast in Athens going, okay, we're going to cut now to the close-up finger cam. Let's see what Bates is doing with her (laughs) fingers on those handlebars. Oh dear, it's an Oakley sign. Exactly. You mentioned a name there in Amstel. Uh, Pog Mm. obviously getting home by 40 seconds. At one point, there was only a 20 second gap and you said the name Ben Healy. I have one question for you. Uh, Who on earth is Ben Healy? Who on earth
1: is Ben Healy? Yeah. I mean, thankfully he's got a delightful name. Ben Healy. Nice, easy name for us. Uh, I first really became aware of Ben Healy more than just, you know, a talented rider. He's Irish time trial champion, but yep. on the on the roster, but he'd never really put his hand up and impressed me that much, to be honest. Uh, no offence meant, but at Paris-Roubaix, he went out on the cobbles with water bottles and spent the whole day as a team soigneur to support the riders and help. And given that he was on the start list for some of the upcoming races, I a pile uh, like Amstel Goldrace, Flesh Willone, he'll be in Liege. I was like, hey, this is really cool. Like, what a cool dude to be doing that. And so I kind of took a little bit of a deep dive into who this fellow was because he's obviously a very good team player. Um, and he's actually born in Birmingham. Yes. Yeah, grew so up around there. But he's got Irish family, so he okay. races uh, for Ireland. Is and that
0: because Ireland? He, he, passage into the Ireland team is a bit easier? Uh, no, not no, necessarily.
1: No. I, I think it's just... When you're choosing who to race for and you have that heritage in the family, it, it's a bit of a heart decision, I think.
0: I love that. Okay, um, yep.
1: But he, look, he sounds English, but he looks Irish.
0: He looks he Irish. He does look
1: Irish. Uh, <laughs> but he he was the kind of rider, like his dad got him into it. He tried track. He tried road. He was a good mountain biker for a while, but got kind of punted from the British mountain bike yep. development program and had to scramble to try and get a road team. So he's a bit yep. of a scrappy rider in making sure he got opportunities. He wasn't one of the riders who was just handed uh, scholarships or everything along the way by any means. And I like that kind of rider.
0: Oh, fantastic, and yeah. And
1: he did such an incredible job in Amstel Gold Race.
0: Well, they were – uh, uh, Jonathan Vorder's the EF uh, race – uh, team director was filthy about the Pogger car issue as well, but he still managed to get second on the podium and dropping yeah. his uh, his own former teammate Feathers Pitcock, yes, which leads me feathers. to my next thing I'd love to talk about was one two three Pog Healy Pitcock, Pog Healy having a having a beer as you do at the Amstel Gold, Pitcock. Doesn't want a bar of a beer. No,
1: well, in in fact, their beer consumption kind of matched the podium step they were on. So Pog he necked the beer. Yeah, uh, sculled it in one go. Uh, (laughs) Healy,
0: (laughs) he's a weapon in every way.
1: Sipped a little, Uh, and Pitcock, he didn't want a bar of it. He really, he truly didn't. In fact, some of the photos, his face is almost of disdain. Yeah. He could be exhausted too, so let's
0: you know. He could be, but there there are photos Um, getting where he he legitimately looks like he's at the dentist. Yes, now he's
1: he's a non-drinker, and uh, so even though the podium beer I'm told is alcohol-free, which is great. Yep. Um, they don't advertise it as such, by the way. I think that that would be helpful.
0: Yeah.
1: If fans could realize that. Um, But what I found really interesting was I saw that and I was like, "Well, good on him," Uh, you know. He does all the one percenters. You do everything right. You know these guys literally track every single variable um, of data from sleep to whatever. Yeah. The thought that they're drinking alcohol when we know that health wise, even two drinks a week is not that great for you. Yeah. And no judgment to anyone who drinks or chooses not to. Yeah. But if your body really is a temple, it's kind of odd that any of them drink.
0: Well, really. A, a pog putting one away in in one fell skull is, yeah. yeah but
1: again, else. it's alcohol free, so yeah. I think it doesn't, in, in that place, it doesn't do anything. But what's interesting is that um, Feather's got a little bit of online hate for it.
0: Yeah, this like, is, I, I did see this. They were saying so... he's
1: like, not very manly of him, Ugh. to not drink it, like, shows that he's weak, no wonder he's getting beaten. Oh, I thought it was such poor taste.
0: Shows that he's weak. Yeah. wow. Okay. Because
1: he won't skull a liquid that he doesn't like when he's Exhausted. Yeah. Really?
0: And, and and as you say, non-alcoholic, but like to all intents, looks like they're just yeah, given a pint of, yeah.
1: But is that like the marker of who's tough or who's not? No, it's
0: not. Like, no. never
1: mind that there's a video on the internet of him descending at such a rapid speed that you almost feel like you need to um, fortify your pants watching it. Yeah, But, you know... He doesn't drink an alcohol-free beer on a podium, and he he's can't not, punt oh. a pint, and therefore <laughs> is not worthy. Can't punt a pint. Can't I like punt that. a pint of frothy,
0: delicious, no. <laughs> alcohol-free Amstel Okay, uh, let's look at the women's race. So Demi and and Lottie, the rivalry of 23 continues uh, in in stunning fashion. It uh, does. It's never going to. It's just not going to let up, is it?
1: No, it's. I think it's interesting because the first race we were talking about this season was Strada Bianchi when there was a little bit of bad blood.
0: Just a little yes, bit, Yes, yeah. there was a
1: bit of horsing around, yeah. uh, if you can recall. And yeah. that really set the set the tone. And so I was quite interested, like how's this, almost sitting back with the popcorn, how's this going to play out between yeah. Capecchi and Volering? I think we can very firmly say it has not affected their ability to race together. Yeah. We can, you know, conjecture about whether they'd sit and have a non alcoholic beer together or not, yeah. but they seem to race exceptionally well together and S D works, if anything, they're being criticized for almost racing with a little bit of arrogance because they're not chasing things back quickly, they're not pulling big turns of pace, they're racing with so much confidence that it is almost and I'll say almost a bit disrespectful to the races, you know, the the strategies of the other teams. Wow. And something I've really noticed, and it happened at Amstel Gold, and it happened again at Flesch Wallon, yep. uh, which was on the Wednesday, is Annemiek van Vloten, who the current world champion, pretty much nothing she hasn't won, she started racing in a way that shows frustration, and that is she's attacking far earlier in the race where strategically – it's not the best thing to do, yep. but she said afterwards that she's bored. Is the word she's she bored. used? Right. Bored and frustrated, and doesn't like the negative racing.
0: Well, we sp- we've spoken about the SD wall, haven't we? Uh, that that whole sort of what do I what do I describe it as? It, it's like a blockout tactic. Mm. It's a real blockout. It's a real sort of.
1: Well, it, I mean, it kind of raises the question, and we can say the same about Pogacar or Yumbo earlier in the season, like. Is it a bit boring when it's somebody so dominant? And I don't think it's boring. Like, if you're actually watching the racing, the Amstel Gold race, that was not a boring race. No, And, you know, absent the car, Healy might have come a little bit closer. But there was no point where you were like, it's not even worth watching anymore. This is ridiculous, right? It was still an exciting race, even if Pagacha won yet again. Same for... Um, Demi Vollering in Amstel Gold. like you can go oh here you go she won again but it was an exciting race to watch but I think where it gets like to, to go to Van Vloten's point of frustrating and boring I think we used to see it in the Tour de France where Ineos or back then Team Sky were just so dominant they would sit on the front the whole time and it would change the racing so much that the racing became boring so it wasn't about the winning like oh they're winning again it was about how the race played out yeah and we're seeing that a little bit with SD Works. The, it's changing the whole dynamic of the race, and some of the other riders are getting a bit frustrated by it.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, when it's starting to spill over into the peloton, and you've got a world champion saying that she's bored. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bit of an alarm bell. I mean, bell.
1: it's a bit of a chink in her armour, though, isn't it? That she's
0: is she's this, bored. Is this like is this uh, the proverbial scoreboard pressure? It's like the the, you, the the chips are down. You're under the pump. There's no real way through this. SD wall at the moment, so you're just getting, having a, look, I'll just say it, having a bit of a sook.
1: Well, I think mm, sook, no, but it it highlights the fact that cycling doesn't have something like a uh, salary cap, yeah. and so the men at the moment, we do have quite a number of teams who have a lot of depth, and it makes it quite interesting. The women's is at an earlier developmental path, and we are still seeing... Some teams with a significantly more resources than others, buying a lot of the best riders and then just dominating. And SD Works—it's not the first year they've done this and really dominated. Yeah. And so I do think that it is worth considering, in in a broader sense for the sport. And I, I think this for the men's as well, like a salary cappy style yes. thing, yes. so that you don't just get dominance, like purchase dominance. Because there's also a lot of riders who. If they get offered a massive contract, they're going to take it. Even if sure. their heart might say, oh, but I might get a few more opportunities if I go to another team. I think in that way money talks a lot.
0: I think it does. So. I think in the global climate as well, you want that security. And I think any kind you of salary cap needs to be on both ends too because you need to make sure. Absolutely. Teams are paying their athletes yes. and can afford minimum wage, whatever it is that they're offering them because that's an issue. We'll get into a little bit later in the show. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast. Let's basically repeat what we've just spoken about, but in a different location <laughs> now. We'll jump in the, uh, the Learjet, the wheelhouse jet, and go to Flech. Let's flech. go to Except now, the,
1: the jet would barely yeah. make air before it it's was like, back and, on the ground. It's like,
0: and your seatbelts, the seatbelt lights, and we're in <laughs> Okay, so uh, t- Pog again, Pog a car, mm. uh, once again, Im- an imperious on the murder hoy, which I... I love it. It's such a good name. It
1: is. Well, it's, a- it's listening to the commentary. Merxy and I uh, were watching it. Thankfully, the women's was on at a beautiful time yeah. for Australian viewers. Prime time for what us.
0: What time? So like seven, eight p.m. Yeah, seven p.m. Yeah, great. Um,
1: but you couldn't help but notice that the commentators putting the anglicised version of the of the town. It sounds like murder. We yeah. <laughs> That's all I was hearing. Murder wee. And I was like, that pretty much sums it up. like uh, I
0: could murder a wee right <laughs> now. <laughs> no. been in the saddle for all this time, climbing the saddle. Gee, I really need to
1: wee. Well, and I mean, again, it was kind of, you know, the Pagatcha show, but not yeah. in a hideous way. Uh, he he only won up that final climb, and he made it very exciting. And, Joel, there are so many photos of him winning. Um, so I've just popped one up. Thanks, Mercy in the screen here. Um, on one side of it is Pagatcha. Um, winning um, Amstel Gold, and the other is of him winning up the Murder Wee. <laughs> Can you tell us what you're seeing there, Joel?
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> uh, Pagacha doing his thing with his hands raised in the air, and then his animal uh, version of him, which is of course the goat—a goat, a goat uh, doing its thing, wearing the exact <laughs> same helmet. It's like, oh no, what have you done? You've turned him into a no, no. He turned himself oh, <laughs> into just, a goat.
1: I just thought you could literally. Go on the inter interwebs and look for any photo of him. Mm. He's won so much He's this winning. year. It's, He's won
0: three this month. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a joke. <laughs> a, a very a very very impressive good joke. one for him. Yeah. Well, there was a
1: good uh, a good comment by Matthew Keenan that I saw that was like, "This is a um, an excellent season." From an excellent career from Pagacha, yeah. and it was just the shot of his season, his yeah. season's victories. Yeah. But it is, it would be an excellent career.
0: It, 100%. And it's
1: just the first quarter.
0: How many hardworking athletes would be out there looking at what he has literally done in this month and going, oh, you know, you ride and for 10 a bit, years? A little
1: bit demoralizing.
0: Uh, but no, look, it's <laughs> extraordinary. And I, we've spoken about this before, you mentioned it earlier in the program, a dominant champion. There's always going to be controversy. There's always going to be questions about, oh, that, that's not fair. They did that. They did that. They won by too much, whatever it is. But I say salute every time you get a generational talent mm. like this that is doing what he's doing because it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is it's actually ridiculous. I agree. It and is. we
1: had um, some new faces, well, certainly in, in second and, and Mikel Lander in third. and um, Joel, I just wanted to put something to you oh. because I'm conscious that um, Ben Healy, Tom Pidcock – Van Van Art, Vanderpool. We've had a pretty easy run of pronunciations. Ah, And if you can recall, when we uh, started here in the bunker in the wheelhouse, we came across a few difficult words, names, places to pronounce. Um, The first one, of course, was Jonas Vinkigo. And many commentators around the world got that one a little bit muddled. Yes. Uh, So I found one for you. he came second in On and I'm saying he because I'm not going to say the name because I want you to try and uh, pronounce it. Now I'll spell it for our listeners: S K J E L M O S E.
0: Okay, I'll get his first name out of the way. So, M- Matthias. Matthias. Surely Matthias. One.
1: Yeah, Matthias. I'm really happy Matthias.
0: for Matthias. Okay, moving on <laughs> on the wheelhouse part No, okay. So, okay, so it's got to be like a. Jealous? G- <laughs> J- 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 no, <laughs> no, that wasn't it. Uh, S K J E L M O. Yelmos. S- e. Yelmos. Skelmosa.
1: Skelmosa. Jesus, oh, way
0: off. <laughs> Yelmos. Skelmosa. The... Skelmosa. Okay. Skel-Morza. Skel-Morza. okay. There you go. Wow.
1: Lesson one for twenty twenty-three. This is.
0: I think this is a reckoning for us because as we head into Grand Tour season. Names are going to be back. I think we might, mu- yeah, vengeance. exactly. So yeah. Uh, And
1: I wanted to kind of warm you into it because yeah. we're going into, it'll be Grand Tour season soon. Yeah. And we're yeah, going to yeah. have all of these names.
0: We sure are. And
1: people winning, you know, stages other than the top five that have been winning everything <laughs> yeah. this year. And again, thank you, Ben Healy and Tom Pidcock, for making it so easy oh. at Amstel Gold Race. But Matthias Skelmoza.
0: Skelmoza. Yeah. Okay. It's, so that was your attempt to wake me up. Before Vinga you go, go, no, go, <laughs> yeah. now. yeah, okay. Well, and,
1: and if we can note that it's really Denmark is throwing us the curlies, oh. so.
0: Love you, Denmark. Yeah. Thank you for providing so much to the sport. Yeah. Gee whiz. <laughs> can you just get a few more Smiths out there? Yeah. All right, um, let's look at the women, <laughs> but, but first I'm going to go to some easy to say names, Rachie Nail and Amanda Spratt. Uh, Doing us proud. The flowing the, the 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 flag for Australia they did, very nicely. Well, in when Vinesh. we
1: so Rachel Allen was in an early break. Awesome to see her racing and um and up there and you know being an active part of the race. Because yeah. we've had a bit of a tough spring classic season for the Aussies, men and women. Yeah. So it's it's really great. But Amanda Spratt, I was getting so excited, Joel. Mersey and I were watching it, but we got very confused, Joel. Because the number, like the graphics around the time gaps between the groups were what we felt was inaccurate and then we were like, no, it must be, it mustn't be. So Amanda spread essentially on screen, looked like she was gaining on the chasing group and 45 seconds ahead and then they panned to a shot and the bunch is just behind her and all of a sudden the graphics change okay. and it's down to nine seconds. Right. So we were getting so excited. Eight k left to go. Spratty's got this.
0: Yeah, but she was actually Ba-boom. wow.
1: So I don't know what happened there, but that was not appreciated. But good on Spratty.
0: Is that not something you'd you'd noticed before? Like th- those gra- graphic changes being a bit sluggish? at the first time. you've
1: Oh, seen that? I, we did, but I looked it up on um, online. I looked at live tickers, yeah. and everybody was, oh, was I guess the from the same source. Oh. Oof. But it was the pan around shot, on yeah, the that final that climb. Oh. I know, and I, I spared a thought for her mum, Lynn, who was watching. Yeah, uh, from the Blue Mountains Hi, in Lynn. New South Wales. Good day,
0: What colour shoes was she wearing? White. Oh.
1: Actually, that Mercy brought that up. He said, "I don't understand why Bontrager can't even just paint them just blue paint or something.
0: Them. Just, just lick of paint. Yes, Sh- can't spray. Just, c- c- yeah. c- just Merksey
1: was, was were you offering to do that for her? Should we put that out? Happy to do that. Happy, yep, All right, We've we'll got get. Some blue paint. P- see,
0: perfect. Look at this, he's a doer, is, this Murxy, this he's blue, a doer. he's a doer. is a doer. Yep. He is a blue. Speaking <laughs> of doers, uh, I just wrote my note, little rundown oh, yeah. here Demi Nation. Once again, oh, absolute yes. Demi Nation uh, in the the women. Well done to flesh, but uh, more vollering, more Capecchi. Mm. And do you like Demi Nation? I no, do. Yeah. Do, I I need do. To expli- do I need to explain? Do I need to.
1: Uh, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, no, I think I uh, get the joke. Oh, good. Yes, you no, sure? that's you sure? Because I've
0: got – I prepared a presentation. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you <laughs> so much. I've worked so hard on these jokes.
1: It's – you know, there, there's no doubt that she's having a blinder of a season so far.
0: Yeah. Speaking of blinders, well – a blinding where are you return going to with... the spot. A lo- blinding... uh, okay,
1: because I'm looking at the rundown. I'm like, where is he going with this? No, look, a,
0: a <laughs> blinding blink and you miss it. She's been out and she's coming back sooner than expected. Uh, you must be excited about Lizzie Dugan and making her way back.
1: I am. I am. So she's formerly Lizzie Armistead and she is making a return after maternity leave for the second time. Uh, so she's... Got two little chickens now and um, she's very zen in the way she approaches yeah. things. found a nice photo on the interwebs of her looking, looking extremely quite zen. Yes. meditated and is that a meditated? Meditative. Oh, we'll go with that. Meditative. Thank you. Meditative. Uh and relax. Yeah. She's got such a good attitude. She looks tranquil. She does. I I actually thought myself when I became a mother that I would be a better athlete. Yep. having gone through that because you know your body very, very well and you really push the limits of it. Nothing pushes the limits of your body like um, growing a small human in there. Yep. And I just think that it has taken her – and she was remarkable athlete to a whole nother level. And when she gets race fit again – so she finished midfield in, in flesch on, I reckon give her six, eight weeks and – tour de France fam. wow oh, she'll be a big one to watch and it's exciting it's it's a great role model um far and above anything but it it creates an environment yep. uh, in women's sport where we can have the athletes racing a lot longer and we get a lot more depth uh like we do in the men because if you remember that a couple of years ago the ladies retired quite early and so you never got Ten years of these rivalries and yep. this athletic growth, and we're seeing that now. Yeah, it's coming gonna back, be great. yeah, yeah.
0: And, and obviously, when she had her first child as well, she's had a remarkable run of results yeah. at that time as well. One Peri
1: Bay After that, yeah. So and mm-hmm. only
0: gave birth to her second child in September. Yes, it's uh, by my count, it's April. Yes, that's a short span. It of is time. pretty impressive, isn't it? It's a very short span of time. It is. Uh, looking forward to seeing her back and coming back with some very lofty ambitions. She's like fam. World champs, Olympics, tick, tick, tick in advance. She can do it too. Tick, tick, tick. Tick, yeah. tick, tick. So the, the, the melting pot of rivalries that we're seeing in the women's peloton is only going to get more uh, intense as the year Well, goes that's on. it. Yep. Like we Great. might
1: be going, oh, GSD works, but Trek's on their way back. Yeah. Um, you know, with Lizzie back and yep. Spratty back in form and...
0: Boom! 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 It's all happening, uh, and look! Look! Let, let's let's just fire it up. We talk about grand tours. We talk about Tour de France and the Femme. Let's now conveniently segue into talking about them a <laughs> bit more, because on the Wheelhouse podcast we can not exclusively reveal because it's been out there and about there. But we're going to talk about it differently. Is the the team reveals for the Fem? Yes.
1: Like, whew,
0: are you Oof, pumped? I
1: am, and I'm mostly excited because Kofidis got a wild card. Um, they're a continental team, not a world tour team, but we've got Rachel Nalen there and Josie Talbot. Yep. And they are two. We Josie Talbot was in the break at Bay, Bay, uh, until she wasn't, but yep. exception, exceptionally good ride from her. And Nalen, I think, has been building and building for this kind of opportunity for her whole career uh,
0: with good form. A so, dear friend of the wheelhouse. Yeah, too.
1: and look, she's such a tenacious rider, and I think that she's one of the older athletes that is so... I think it's a, she's got a record, something ridiculous, Joel, like the most top tens in women's world tour racing history, which unfortunately yes. doesn't mean the most wins or, you know, there's the wins have actually been a bit few and far between. Yeah. But she's there, always there. What a perennial achiever, though. Oh, to know. be
0: that far up that often is... Remarkable it It's and, very and not co- celebrated enough in, in IMO. No. And IMHO. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I am Yeah, I am HO too. Yeah. And I am also really pleased to see that um, Team Co-op High Tech Products yeah. uh, is out there as well. They're a Norwegian team, but they have been around. They were around when I was racing. We've had quite a few Australians come through. Chloe Hosking came through there. Fantastic program. Uh, oh, Murksy.
0: what's the name of that team again?
1: Team Co-op High Tech Products. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Team Co-op High Tech Products. She do well to keep up with the team. <laughs> sure. I mean, very well,
1: evolving. Well, the team manager, Carl Lima, I think his name is, uh, he's just an incredible figure in women's cycling insofar as he has consistently yeah. had a team at this level for decades, and they don't have the resources to step up to World Tour, but to be rewarded with a wild card for Tour de France fam, they missed out last year. It is huge for them. I love that. Huge. I huge love it. for cycling in the region as well. So yeah. we talked with Skel Mose, um about Denmark, and we've seen so much depth come through uh, in, in the men's cycling from Scandinavia. Yeah. Historically, the women have two, but now more than ever. Um, with this kind of opportunity, it's very much like field of dreams. If you see it, you know, build it, they will come. So having that team there, I think is is a real, uh,
0: bonus. I I love that. Carl is kind of like the, the, um, the yin to Lefebvre's Yang. He's he's the light to the darkness. He's the Luke Skywalker to Lefebvre's Darth Vader. And I've
1: never met him personally, but I saw him. Yeah. For years, yeah. many, many years, and his reputation that, that precedes him. That was creepy. Him. You saw him. Oh, I was watching creepy, him without it? him knowing.
0: Is that what you're saying? Suzzy, so no. no.
1: <laughs> he was at a lot of races, and I followed him on social media as well as the quite vocal um, supporter for women's cycling. Awesome. And um, so I, I'm really pleased for that team.
0: I, I love we're celebrating yeah. the ongoing growth, ongoing success, ongoing achievement, and, and talking about these exciting Grand Tours and everything. Sadly, we need to pirouette into some less than – Less than pleasing news. Now we touched on this last week, so we're not going to spend a, a great deal of time recapping what's happening with Zaf, Zaf, Zif, Zaf, Zaf. Well, they're on their way out. They're done, aren't they? They're done. Because I know, Thanks I know they trying. were on the brink. That they had, they had, they had the bare minimum. They were on the brink of collapse. Uh, they started the season with fifteen. They were down on eight. Once you go below eight, you cooked. Uh, With the UCI saying, look, you need eight. You you need eight or you're not... You need eight or shut the gate, basically, is what the UCI (laughs) says. Well, they weren't
1: paying their riders. We talked about it last week. It gave us the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Uh, You know, contentious because if they're not getting invited to things, who are you really punishing? But most of the riders this week have now sailed. They've now moved on. Can you blame them? No, not at all. And there's a couple, like... It's a good news story in some ways because some of the riders, and two examples I'll give are Maggie Coles-Lister, the Canadian champion, and Michaela Drummond uh, from New Zealand who were on the team who have said that it has been absolutely living hell Mm. what they've experienced with the team. Um, But they are both now in Canada, uh, in Milton, doing a World Cup on the track with their national teams. And so they've both said now they have something really positive to look forward to and getting that freedom has been just a massive weight off their shoulders. So I think it's a, it's it's been a tough process, but it's really good for them. Uh, So they'll be doing that. Um, And look, speaking of the, of the World Cup, I just have to say quickly, Sarah Roy's uh, over there. So her butt's in good shape. The butt's back. (laughs) The butt's back. Yeah. Six weeks after breaking her butt. She's back. It's pretty remarkable.
0: Her bum is no longer cracked. No. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. Okay. I, I love I, this whole thing because we're talking about extraordinary efforts and talking about Lizzie Duggan, like that. this this incredible, the, the, the advancement of sports science and the athlete's ability to be able to yeah. come back to the sport and do what they're doing. You need to be enticed by being part of a team that's, A, going to pay your wage and B, be up front with you. Yes. Uh, it, you know what I mean? It needs to It needs to match and it doesn't. And I say... Everyone deserves to be happy in their workplace. Everyone deserves to get paid. Good on these guys. And it's so good to see that so many of them have landed elsewhere and have been able to negotiate their way out of a really muddy situation.
1: Yes. And the, the guy who was behind that whole team um, has been around in the sport for a long time, has a lot of failed ventures behind him, yeah. was the kind of team director who, if you were, if he felt you're a little bit chonky, which is to say um, over over the weight that he felt was right for you. Right. I'll choose my words very carefully. Uh, he would present his riders with a plate of salad, like as in a lettuce leaf while all the others got pasta um, before a race. So uh, all yeah. around good fella. Um, yeah, what a... World. Don't <laughs> let the door hit you on the way out, what a ripper. is what I would um, say.
0: Uh, look, what goes around all of that, that sounds like a mm, bit of karma coming back Yes, soon. Um, But anyway, Remco Evanderpol is the, the current... Uh, world champion men's uh, road racer. He's an extraordinary talent and a, a huge friend of the wheelhouse. you and confirmed what confirmed listener. Yeah, what I love about Remco is how transparent he is with what he's up to. And hey guys, how, this is me being another, you know, superhuman mm. training ride, whatever. You can check it all out on Strava, says Remco. See what I'm doing. I'm, I'm breaking records on Strava, left, right and centre. And here you go, full disclosure, full transparency until suddenly there isn't Why has Remco gone dark? The curtain has been
1: closed. Hasn't it? No deal. No (laughs) No Strava. (laughs) No No Strava. Strava. Uh, I think that he is such an interesting young talent that I think that other teams would be looking very closely at his Strava data and um, mining it somewhat. And now we do have kind of the... Very rapid acceleration of new technologies, including, you know, machine learning and and whatnot. And it could, theoretically, um, make him more predictable if teams took all the data and could come up with effective enough algorithms to get uh, more of an understanding of his tactics and whatnot and try and mimic that or go up against it. Uh I, I still... I'm a bit. I still think it's all a little bit funny because I think at the end of the day, people win bike races, not bikes, not data, mm-hmm. and it's the spunk and it's the decisions they make. And as equally as you can watch Pagachia and all the good decisions he's made, you can find a, a ton of examples where he hasn't drafted very well, has made bad decisions, and nothing about his Strava data is going to change that.
0: Yeah, and uh, I love. I I kind of love the. The psych out element of this too. I think there's a real. It's like a voting countdown when there's a major award coming up. It's like the voting's gone behind closed doors. We <laughs> don't know what's going to happen. This person's leading at the moment. What's going to happen? This is like he's gone behind closed doors with an absolutely ripping set of numbers this year. What does this do to his opponents? It's like what is he? Is he now? Is he? Is he getting even better? What? Oh, what are we going to do? Yeah,
1: I, I reckon there'd be a lot of, a lot of time and energy spent with the modern athletes on the resilience around what the media is saying, all this content coming at you, um, on how to digest it all on how to stay in the zone and stay focused. And as I like to say, paddle your own canoe, because you could get so caught up with what everybody else is doing that you don't have enough energy to just focus on yourself. And so I think the writers, like it's friend of the show, Jay Vine, like it's Mm. a superpower that he has to just be able to really internally focus on what he's doing, what he can and and can't do. So, I mean, I reckon this is, if anything, it's probably more interesting for the fans. Yeah. We're now going like, what does this mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is we it have good it, we or bad? have his team coming out and saying, "Don't but worry, everyone. Guarantee you, he's still an absolute weapon. Nothing's changed." I know, he's but you know, it.
1: I trust nothing from that team anymore, Mister <laughs> Lefevre. Um, you know, but I, I think we've spoken about it on previous weeks. Huge amount of pressure on him, yeah. um, on Remco, because the team's been so crap this season. Yeah. So now all eyes on him.
0: Is it Remco's call to go off Strava? Is it team encouragement? What do you think? I think
1: it's team encouragement. They it said, yeah, they did say that. Right. Um, I don't know. He hasn't been very transparent personally with how he feels about it, but he was the one that put his data up all the time. Yeah, so I that's suggest what I mean. the team has said.
0: Do you reckon there's a bit of ego around that? A bit of like, screw you. I want people to know how much of an animal I am.
1: Yeah, maybe, but yeah. you've know, got to keep ego in check too. Yeah. Otherwise, he'll become yeah. a beast.
0: Patrick Lefebvre coming and saying, oh, "Sorry, we need to keep your ego." I know say, that's a bit rich. <laughs> um, okay, Real House Podcast. I'm Joel Spriver. Kate Bates is also uh, along, as always, doing a stellar job of explaining everything beautifully. Can you explain to me what on earth is going on? I, look, we've got a few things to cover here. I'm gonna I'm gonna hmm. get the cart and get ahead of the horse because I okay. can't resist any right. longer. I the other day heard about an app. Um, that literally now exists in the U.S. where you can recreate dead relatives. You can create an a- avatar of someone and have a chat to them after they're gone. Of course, that requires them when they're still alive to go in and have, a, have be interviewed to provide all of the info. Anyway, that gets turned into a bot, a fake bot. So AI bots are, are going in all sorts of directions at the moment. That is
1: so creepy.
0: Also coming up is the new Indiana Jones movie, where Harrison Ford will be playing a 40-year younger version of himself. He's been de-aged, but it's still Harrison Ford playing the, playing the role. They're just going to de-age him. That's a thing. It's more and more of a thing.
1: I don't know how I feel about that.
0: It's weird, isn't it? It's very You know weird. what's weirder? A completely <laughs> fake version of Jonas Vingagore as a, what, eight, nine-year-old kid Oh. Spruking his <laughs> so hopes creepy. and dreams for the future. Now, Mercy, I believe we might have a little bit of audio here just to give some context of what we're talking <laughs> about. Uh, of Jonas Vinger Gore or inverted commas, little Jonas, yes. talking about his future hopes and dreams. I hope to Boy, a Jonas. Cyclist one day when that dream would come true i already have the next one in mind to sign oh. a contract with a big world tour team okay after there's that i would be able to dream on
1: yeah there's a and few a few things to the beautiful um pictures oh friends. until it goes back to the ai that
0: dream feels the ai looks but maybe one downright day. creepy that that looks like the a, a film that looks like a, sci- a, sci- a sci-fi horror
1: right so bot. if this is the first time you're hearing any of these words from baby Jonas. To be really clear describing this, he re signed with Yumbo Visma till 2027. Three years, yeah. And Yumbo decided with the hashtag, ride your dreams which I like, I like. They went with a story about how he, you know, as a young boy dreamed of winning the Tour de France, et cetera, et cetera. However, that voice you just heard is meant to be him as a child talking about his dream. So they've tried to reverse age him and I don't even, where do we even start with how creepy this is? First thing I want to
0: start with is there, there are photos of the actual young Jonas that you can find all over the interwebs. I'd love, if you have a chance, Compare them to the AI version, and and rest assured that AI, as much as some people get completely hoodwinked by it, still has quite a long way to go because it looks absolutely oh. nothing like him. It looks waxy. Its features are, are just exaggerated it, and ridiculous. It looks scary. It looks, as I say, it's it's sci-fi <laughs> horror, Jonas. Now the second big one, you might be able to help me out here because you're related to Jonas, um, <laughs> distantly. We're pretty. I was pretty sure we knew where he came from, but the the accent of this version of Jonas would speak to a different origin story
1: he's they've given him this so bizarre an american accent <laughs> which is bizarre enough until he gets to the point where he says the tour de france tour de france and i thought there will be parisians fainting in the streets ah uh, yes accreble yeah um at it we're like why what what he's not american <laughs> What? As if it wasn't creepy enough. My name's Jonas
0: Wiengergård. No, it's not. My
1: name is Jonas. No.
0: The big one is, now we were chatting about this at the top of the show, and and I was like, he looks, Merksey actually picked up this, I'm not going to steal Merksey's thunder here, Merksey picked up on the fact that he looks remarkably like one of the most fictional, famous fictional characters in pop culture, which is Alfred E. Newman, the face of Mad Magazine. And anyway, we got lost in a rabbit hole because you're like, what on earth is Mad Magazine? Mad Magazine Magazine ran for 67 years, published thousands of copies, was was a social satire and parody magazine that sent up politics, pop culture, whatever, aimed at sort of a teenage kind of audience. This guy on the cover, you can look it up, Alfred E. Newman is his name, was the guy that they used to... Parody. So his face would replace famous people's faces in their in their drawings, that kind of thing. Whatever. I could talk we could do a whole episode of Mad Magazine. We're not going to. <laughs> what I find it really amusing that Mercy's like, this is funny. I was like, it's funny, but it's also really spooky because it actually does. It actually looks like this AI version of Jonas Finger Gore. It's crazy.
1: It's really creepy. Look I just don't bones. know. I don't I mean, look, if if what they were trying to do was attract conversation, then sure. they've done it.
0: There's no bad press, as they say, oh. but what I love about yeah. it is that Mad Magazine, that animation is a deliberately exaggerated cartoonish version know, of a I know, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Whereas the mm. Jonas is a not deliberate, but a cartoonish and exaggerated version of a human. I'm going to I'm gonna
1: do a version of the Wheelhouse team in that kind of character let's see what we can come up with i can't wait for that to yes happen. i
0: can't wait for that to happen i just wonder if you're what how yon i'd love to know how Jonas feels about this promo yes. surely you'd be a little bit like why couldn't we just talk and why couldn't i just say <laughs> yeah. when i was a young boy these were my dreams like why didn't we do that version
1: i of know that? i don't i feel like he didn't get sign off
0: no <laughs> no i don't think remco got signed off on the strata call i don't think Jonas got, stra- got signed off on the ai call it's all a little bit strange. But, hey, look, good news for yumbo three more years. Three more years. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Go um, Yumbo! Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure America is happy. One of the US's favourite mm. sons, apparently, is Jonas Fingegall. Maybe
1: so, they were trying to get the US audience involved. I don't know.
0: I can't wait till they do the cab version. Oh. When I was... What accent would I give him? I don't know.
1: Oh, who knows?
0: <laughs> Make him an Aussie. Yeah, like a real, oh, yeah, yeah when I was a young tucker, I used to have a dream of getting out of the bike and oh. doing all good sorts of shit. Anyway... <laughs> It's fascinating. Let's talk about Liege Baston Liege on the mm. wheelhouse podcast because I feel like I'd, I'm getting a bit creeped out by talking about AI. That's coming up. Uh, let's let's go through some some certainties for this one. And w- w- where do you reckon we're going to start in the men? Where, oh. who, who are we going to say first? Oh,
1: look, there's really only two names that I think everybody would bet on, and that would be Remco, yep. and Tade. Tade Car yes. car,
0: back. Uh, right. Well,
1: look. Remco won in 2022, Tade won in 2021. Uh, Excitingly for Remco, he starts in his world champion jersey wearing number one. That's pretty special. Love that. Right? For anyone. It's his first race in Belgium this year. And arguably, this may be the only real time they go head to head this year until the world championship. So it's a big moment. Uh, A lot of pressure on, I think, both of them. Um, Tade puts the pressure on himself. He wants to become um, one of the people to do the triple yep. of the Ardennes Classics: Amstel Gold Race, La Flèche Wallonne, and uh, and now Liège. So we've had a couple do it in the past. Um, Merckx has won it five times. Liège. But yeah, we've only had a couple that have done it have done the triple. Um, David Rebelin in two thousand and four. Philippe Gilbert. Uh, did it in two thousand and twelve, and Evander Bregan has done it in the women. Yeah. Uh, and so that in itself is quite a monumental uh, achievement. If he can do that, Remco, yep. it's not the same on the line. But you know, he's hiding his Strava data. He's getting ready for it. Who knows? I mean, it's a it's a pretty well respected race. Yeah. Um, and Remco's been at altitude for a while. It's a
0: breathy race. Uh, a breathy he, race. Uh,
1: an altitude. It makes a massive, I mean, massive performance impact. Yeah. And so he's really been... A very different preparation than uh, Pogaccio. Because now Pogaccio will take a bit of a break after this to... Well, not a real break, but to ramp up to then the Tour. Whereas Remco is really sharpening his teeth of form heading into the Giro.
0: Okay. Mm. Interesting.
1: Yes. Well, it's one of the oldest races on the calendar.
0: It is a lovely race. 109, is that right? Yes. I've got that in my head. Yes,
1: it's been going since... um, 1892. And, oh, okay. Uh, so that's, that's not it. well. Not... No, they haven't had every edition. Though. Oh, of course. They've had they had a bit of a break during the war, um, because hum-
0: humanity has got in the way. Yes. A few times. Well, sure.
1: there there was a very famous um, battle in Bastogne. Actually, yeah. the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Bulge? The Battle of the Bulge. Battle
1: Bulf. of the Bulge. Yeah. Um, it's in Brand of Brothers. If you're a
0: Netflix fan. Did you just make a TV, like a, wow, Yeah, that's amazing. But it's
1: a really, it's a beautiful story, actually. It is, actually. It's a very interesting watch. That was a
0: critical, critical turning point in uh, the Second World War. Yeah, and
1: so there's a lot of history uh, in the event, and and so the locals love it, and it's just a very special one to win on the calendar. But I've got to really quickly dive into what I think is one of the most interesting parts uh, like historical parts of the race. You yeah. can look at 1971 edition where Eddie Merckx won in the snow. That was pretty epic. Yep. Uh, known for that. But uh, in 2010, Alexander Vinokurov, um, who is Olympic road champion, he's now one of the team directors uh, at Astana. Uh, so he looks after Cavendish. Anyway, he was – he came to the finish with Kolobnev, another Russian. Yep. Um Although – I think at this point, Vinokurov might have been racing for Russia, not Kazakhstan. But either way, they were close allies. Different teams, though. Anyway, they came into the sprint. Vinokurov won very easily. It was uncovered through some emails um, that Vinokurov had actually paid Kolobnev over 100,000 euros to let him win. The pair then got charged with fraud by the Belgian government. Uh, Now... The charges, they, they were found not guilty in the end because of a lack of evidence, but it was kind of widely professed that it did that happen. That did happen. A yeah. race fix. Yes. Oof. So, so, so there you go. I think that's a really interesting one because he's going to be back in the director's
0: car. Your, your knowledge of this, this history, this side of the sport, is, explains perfectly why you, you thought that conspiracies, conspiracies are real. It is, and right? They don't exist. But this they are real. Makes sense. I love oh, that we've bookended that whole. Amstel Gold <laughs> drafting theory with it's like, <laughs> Joe, hello, this, this is a thing, this happens a lot. 100k <laughs> in the back pocket. Yeah, uh, that's a what's lot of money. It, What's at stake? Just the integrity of the sport. Don't worry about it, it's fine. Yeah, it's, well, I know that's a big one, yeah, right? okay. Um,
1: but we've only had one Aussie man win it before, Simon Gerrans. Yep. Uh, so he won in 2014. Okay. Phil Anderson was on the podium a number of times uh, in the 80s. So a bit of a legend there. We haven't won the women's edition yet. Okay. Um, Spratty was second in 2018, though. Grace Brown.
0: Wearing what colour shoes? Do you remember? Blue. They were blue. Grace Brown
1: was second in last year and also in 2020. She's not. She hasn't had an amazing spring campaign, though. So I don't know that we can necessarily expect that from her. But based on... Amanda Spratt's incredible performance at Flesh, and I think that's the last time we're going to say the Flesh. Flesh. Yeah. Uh, I reckon she could be. A bit of a smoky. Now,
0: you be careful. Don't you play with my heartstrings here. Are no, you no. sure? Oh, look. Because I'm going to get excited if you're saying this.
1: Absent the the graphics of the World Feed production, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs>
1: she could have nearly won flesh.
0: Absent absent the glitch in the Matrix. Exactly. Yeah, wow.
1: So, yeah, I'm going to put it out there. Oh, Go, Spratty.
0: Who else do you like? It, can, my, my question is, the, I guess, the SD wall. Mm. Well... Can it, be, can it be shattered?
1: Lizzie Dagnan's the only non-Dutch winner.
0: Wouldn't that be a poetic moment for the sport? What, to have Lizzie win? Is, she, is that a possibility? I think it's too early, okay. to be
1: honest. But not because she's not that remarkable. I think it's just probably a little bit early. And so I, I don't think Trek will be putting the pressure on her yep. when they've got the likes of Spratty and Longo Borghini and... Yeah. But you but know it,
0: what? The women's side of the sport throws up some genuine fairy tales. I remember a certain does. result in Wollongong that may or may not have involved a fractured elbow. I know.
1: Well, talking of Van Vloten, she's actually on the poster yeah. of the event. But she got to be on the poster
0: for every event. She's she she could actually, it, couldn't she? Yeah. Uh,
1: but based on her saying she's been a bit bored and frustrated, yeah. I reckon you'd have to watch closely at how she plays the strategy. Yeah, okay. Because... If she wastes energy like she did um, at Flesh, I keep trying to stop saying it, but I can't (laughs) hope Flesh, Flesh. Uh, if she does that again, she's kind of ruling herself out. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see whether Movistar kind of sit her down and say, we know that this is driving you a little bit bonkers, but to win a race, sometimes you just have to follow the strategy, even if you don't love it.
0: Stick to the plan. So we'll, we'll see how,
1: how yeah. AVV goes. But it, it's a different landscape where you don't go in with everybody just looking to beat Annemiek.
0: Because yep. in
1: years previous, it's been like, well, how can we beat her? How if do we get we past Annemiek
0: Van Vlote? And it's, it's not possible? like that anymore. Okay.
1: So look, Vollering has won before. She's been on the podium a number of times as well. So she knows what she's doing out yep. there. But maybe the other teams that are all getting a little bit... Grumpy Pants against SD Works, Yeah. All we'll band together. Well, they, they've got the Maybe. strategy
0: of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That strategy is upsetting the rest of the peloton, as we've mm. said, big names speaking out. Indeed. But they're going to keep doing it. And it's either it's going one of two ways. Everyone, it's like, we're going to collectively rally against this or we're going to keep getting the shits and they're going to get further ahead. Yeah, yeah, because exactly. Because if they let it get to them, it's not going to result Bulls in... Bulls in their court. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, one person who's probably not along among the contender list that mm. um, is, is a big name anyway, is a, a Grammy Award winning sensation, oh, yes. Beyonce. <laughs> why, yes, why, why I was it, wondering uh, where that was going. Yes. Why is Beyonce... Um, what's Beyonce got to do with Yes, this be, well, be,
1: I've put Beyonce uh, this week on the, um, the opening graphic because, you know, it kind of... The graphic tells a beautiful story. And this, this is born from Merxy. He's the artistic genius amongst the three of us. No offence, Joel. Uh, None taken. But he's come up with these wonderful, beautiful You've thumbnails. You've seen my finger painting
0: on my fridge, haven't you? So it <laughs> made you say that. Um, <laughs> so
1: that you can kind of look at the thumbnail and know what we're talking about this week. And so mm-hmm. Beyonce is making an appearance this week. And I understand the question, Joel. But I'm going to explain it to you.
0: Please. All right. Please All right. do.
1: Now liege Baston Bastogne-Liège is also wonderfully known as La Doyenne.
0: La Doyenne. La Doyenne. Very good. Okay,
1: that is what it is uh, called in French. It's kind of the little cute nickname
0: yeah. for it. Yeah, that is cute. Um,
1: And it is a mark to, uh, like, Doyenne, the most respected or prominent woman in a field is kind of a... The Doyenne. The Doyenne, yep. yes. Like Vivian Westwood got called yep. the Doyenne, right? And I, I just thought... Who's the doyen to me? And if we're going in specific fields, yeah. I thought Beyonce. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: right. She's pretty influential. She's and extremely influential. She's pretty respected yeah. and pretty. She's prominent. Well. She's done well. Yeah, I mean, I there was I had to arm wrestle with Mersey over whether it be Beyonce or Tay Tay. Okay. He thought Taylor Swift <laughs> maybe. Taylor, okay. But that's what Beyonce's got to do with it. La doyen. The la, finish. La, I like that.
0: Yes. There were nice. some legal issues about using tay image. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We don't, let's not go there. We again, don't own no. the back catalogue.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, and we're never, ever The Wheelhouse Podcast getting back
0: categorically does not endorse the unauthorized ta- use of <laughs> Tay-Tay's image there. Said Thank it. Is that you. Is that what the legal team wanted us to read I out? I think cause...
1: that's perfect. It ah. is. And um, yes, yeah, so La Doyenne, it's a perfect way to finish off what has been a beautiful Classic season.
0: It sure has. It sure has. Stories left, right and centre. And then um, we
1: trip over ourselves to get into Grand Tour season. And men start and women.
0: brushing up, doing the tongue exercises and get the pronunciation. <laughs> <right. laughs> can you say that name one more time? Just um,
1: Skelmosa. Skelmosa.
0: Skelmosa. 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 Yes. We can't play Beyonce, but Kate, you can sing some.
1: Oh, the single ladies. Oh, the single ladies. Is that good?
0: Well, you, that, you, Put that's, your hands up.
1: There
0: the, you go. Oh, 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 oh. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Uh, I love the the Grammys this year when Harry Styles won the best artist or whatever, and he's basically like, <gasps> no. <laughs> oh, yeah. don't, don't hate me. Give it to Beyonce because yes. she's such a seminal performer. She anyway. certainly is. Um before
1: we wrap up, yeah, um, I just want to send some best wishes, Joel, uh, because my beautiful home club Parramatta, one of our members, Kevin Berkeley, uh, had a bit of a Barry Crocker. He had a bad accident while riding, and he's got a long rehab okay. um, ahead of him. And so, I just want to send some wheelhouse love to of Kevin course. Berkeley uh, and the team at Parramatta. And. We've been talking about injury lists the last weeks. Yeah. Um, good to see Sarah Roy and her broken butt back. Yeah. But Neve Bradbury is now uh, out after flesh with a broken elbow. So okay. sending all the healing wishes to Neve oh, um, for that so for that el- elbow.
0: Uh, all the best to Kevin. Yes. Uh, and and everyone at Parramatta, huge supporters. Yes, he's of got show.
1: wonderful initials, KB.
0: KB. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> see please. what I did there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love the symmetry down at Parramatta. It's a yeah. proud club. Yes, and, well, uh,
1: well I, I have to say, um, if I'm not here next week, Joel, yeah. uh, it's because this evening uh, Parramatta Eels are playing the Brisbane Broncos. In now, Mercy, uh is a Broncos fan. I, as we have probably guessed, am a Para fan. And uh, I'm just not sure what's going to happen in our household tonight. So uh, if we're not here next week...
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it hasn't gone well. The rivalry has
0: overcooked. You know what happens if you're not here, Mercy and I host a show. It does, and that could be a great then. thing. I don't know where that goes. Let's <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be watching that. Uh, the Darwin Darwin Derby. It's not yes. really a derby, but we're watching that as well tonight. Go to the Bronx is all I'll say. Uh, but, but all <coughs> respect to win. Parramatta Cycling Club, not Parramatta Rugby League. Oh, there you go. I'm just mate, you get got, out got to of hoist here. You your colours. This is the Wheelhouse podcast. One thing we can agree on is that we have a lot of fun in here, and thank you so much for unpacking the issues the way you do, Kate Bates. No one does it better. I'll no take one it. does it better.
1: <laughs> I'll take it.
0: Like, share, subscribe. Uh, we're up to episode forty-three. Yeah.
1: 40 and some change is how I like to say it. We'll have to buy a number 50. I'll bake. Bake a cake. Yeah, you might not want to eat it if I bake, so we'll buy one.
0: (laughs) Use our budget. Have you seen me at the dinner table? I'll I'll eat most things. (laughs) Uh, Okay, this Uh, has been a lot of fun. Uh, uh, We're going to do it again. Before you know it, episode 44 will be here. Please get involved. Um, We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything you might not agree with or... Definitely if you agree, let us know that too because it's good to be every now and then to be like, yeah, yeah, we were right. Uh, thanks for your company. Like, share, subscribe. See you next time.
1: Ciao, Bella, ciao, Bella, ciao, ciao, ciao. Ta-da
0: now.